Words from the Hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Last night, I had like a dream, and in this dream, I saw somebody, I was talking to some other people, and I saw this person just sitting and waiting for me. Just waiting like, Asomo, I'm waiting for you. No, no words. You know how somebody's waiting for you, but no words? But just sort of like has that atmosphere around them that they are waiting for you. Do you understand? And God was telling me, there are people. After I woke up, I was like, God, why is this person waiting for me in that kind of way? I actually wanted to pick up the phone and call the person because I know the person who was sitting and seemed to be waiting for me. And God said, no, it's not about that person. There are people waiting for you. There are people waiting for you. So when we say Jesus is coming, sometimes we're hearing for ourselves. <laughs> but it's not just for you. There are people, what? Waiting for you. There are people waiting for you. So God is calling you to remembrance because he wants to use this message to recalibrate and reassign and reorder the things around your world. Amen. Jesus is coming. And by the way, this is not Jesus. This is, this is, the, Im, this is the current image of Jesus we have in the media. <laughs> this is Jesus' character in the chosen. Yeah, so this is not Jesus. Like, there is, there's a lot of appropriation of who Jesus is. Now, you're a white man, you'll be in trouble. You're the black man, the white people get angry. So right now, everybody's trying to own Jesus. You saw Lecrae put up a video three days ago about uh, Billy Graham saying Jesus is, yeah, Jesus is not a white man. And everybody was so happy about it. <laughs> everybody was so happy. See, Jesus, uh, Jesus comes from that part of the world which you cannot dash to anything. You cannot call him Asian. You cannot call him African. You cannot call him, you cannot call him, you know. Caucasian at all. So he comes from the place in the Middle East where he's actually a mixed, a mix of all the races. So if you're going to see Jesus Christ, you'll actually be brown in color. So, yeah. <laughs> We're not going to like that. There, there are some African people who are saying to Lee Cray on the video, like, you don't know, Jesus is black. Jesus is black. Like, there's a whole movement of people who believe that Jesus is black and that the original occupants of the Arab world were black people. Now, I don't care what color Jesus was. <laughs> so, so like, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> like the Bible says, when we see him, we shall be as he is. Like there is a setting and the thing will not be earthly glory. We're not talking about earthly tribe and earthly look and feel anymore. None of us will retain our earthly identity. There's a transitioning that's going to happen when we're going to have bodies of glory. The disciples of Jesus Christ sat and ate with him every day and saw him. But the time John saw him, John was the one who used to lean on his heart. But the Bible says when John saw him in the book of Revelation, John fell like a dead man. He said his head was full crown. Say his eyes was like fire. Say says like there was there was a glow. His his face was like burnished gold. Like describing him was awesome. And that's what it, the man who used to be his best friend when he was alive said. So there is a sense in which we are thinking that the coming of Jesus Christ is going to be a season when we're all going to wear dresses. Forget it. Just forget it. It's none, of what, none of you are going to wear dresses. 
in heaven. Because <laughs> see, the whole idea of angels are people because from drama team we've been wearing white white robes. Like, really, God gave everybody style. Do you think like God will be so boring? Or he won't have he just make v-neck or round neck for all of us. <laughs> so, so there's some actually intellectual abuse that we've abused the concept of heaven and who God is. That, so that when we think about eternity, we don't think about something that's going to be mind-blowing and that's going to smash all your ideology of what eternity looks like. The Bible says, to just, the guys who wrote the Bible wrote the Bible 2,000 years ago and they said when they saw the streets, that the streets were paved with gold. So we haven't seen that yet. In our best streets, we try interlocking tiles and try smooth asphalt. The streets were glistening. So they couldn't describe it. They just said it was like made of gold. That's the words they used. But the whole idea was the streets shone and all the look and feel of heaven was incandescent diamonds. Like... They were describing Jasper, you know, this, the, uh, this. Uh, the, you understand? They were just describing onyx stones, describing the beauty of heaven. Let me tell you, the best place in the world doesn't come close. The best we've seen of all. And heaven is, you know, so people said, oh, rapture. So I'm actually trying to debunk all the things that people say before we go into the message itself. Because these are the things that inhibit our knowledge of what God says. Because we're thinking in this context of humanity. So somebody said, some scientists said, okay, if the Bible says we'll be taken up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So where is up? When you point up, all of you point up now. Point up. So we're going to meet the Lord up in the air. So as we're as we're in Africa now, we're in the center of the equator in the in the globe. So our up, guess where it is? If you're looking at the round world, up, the world is spherical. Yeah? Up for us is where? It's out. Out in the north or out in the south. We are actually in the east. Then the people in Australia and South Africa are what? They're in the southern hemisphere. When they point up, guess what's happening? Up is down for them. They put in the northern hemisphere, when they point up, what is up? Up for them is. So scientists say that ah, Christians are foolish. How can they even say up when up means different things to different people? <laughs> scientists are so foolish sometimes, right? <laughs> Heaven is not a location, it's a realm. It's a realm. Realm are not locations. Realms are Things you run into. I don't know whether any one of you have had a vision, open-eyed vision before. I have. I never forgot the vision I had. You've had, right? Like you, you keep your eyes open and the, and the natural world will just move. And you enter another realm. I have. I was praying over Scotland for a long time and asking God, like, God, give me something in this city. And God was telling me the time of this city has passed. You're not, you not here in the time of this city, more or less. And guess what he did? I just was sleep lying in the bed and the curtain just moved. And then I, I, I was in a place. In that place, I saw the North Sea. The North Sea in Aberdeen generally mostly quiet. It was hitting the shore. And they said, oh, this is Aberdeen Harbor. And I just said, okay. 
Then the next thing, I was standing by the door of my house. I stepped out of the porch of the door of my house and every single building on my street, very familiar street I live in, was derelict. Like they were like old buildings with like kind of animals, dogs and old abandoned buildings with animals running through with darkness. It was dark. And I was asking God, like, God, what is this? And he said, there is no living soul on your street. Everybody on this street is dead to me. I was like, what? I'm like, what? My neighbor next door died two weeks later and they did a funeral for him. Honestly, eh, the sorrow of those who do not know God have no limit. These people were in agony and anguish and pain, human pain. And they said, in the funeral service, you came from nothing and you've gone to nothing. Like the wind, you have just disappeared. As if these words, are these supposed to be encouraging words? The fatality of life without, or for those who do not know God is so fatal, is so conclusively dead and black. I don't know why people actually glorify in the fact that, okay, yeah, now I'm free. I don't know God. I don't know God, so I'm finally free. You are not free, my brother. So, this is the place from where we come back to look at God saying, There is the place that I love to dwell is the presence of my Father all the host of heaven gather, worship him. <laughs> ah, like, <laughs> there's just something about, you can actually begin to touch the realm of God. You can touch into that realm. As a human being, God already gave you a vehicle that can touch the realms of God and touch heaven. And at the best times when your relationship with God is, is, is good, you touch those realms of the Spirit. In prayer, you touch something, you touch a realm. And you know this realm is not just all earth. Your burdens remain, but they are losing somehow. The power over you is broken. You still have problems, but these problems don't define you. Why? Because you are touching something beyond the earth. So say to someone, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. The Son of God is coming. He's coming back anytime now. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Hallelujah. So carry your pen and paper and keep it very close. We're going to run through quite a lot of scripture today so that you will not say it's my opinion. It's, it's, and if you need a pen, ask. We have some notepads and pens at the back. Or if you want to write in your phone, it's fine. But please take account of this scripture and keep them so that you will not fall for arguments and conversations that people make, you know. So Jesus is coming. Let's start reading from Matthew chapter 24, verse 3 to 5. Later that day, 
Later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives. His disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us, when will all of this happen? What sign will signal your return and the end of the world? Jesus told them, Don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah, and they will deceive many. Jesus says, they're asking just how we're going to know. The first thing Jesus said is, don't let anyone deceive you because it means that this time is a time that everybody's interested in. And the first thing that is going to characterize the end is deception. Okay, let's go on. Verse 6 to 8. And you'll hear of wars and threats of war, but don't panic. Yet these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation, and kingdom will go to war against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world, but all this is only the first of, of the birth pangs with more to come. So Jesus is saying that there will be different kind of events. Part of it is war, you know, and rumors of war, and then, you know, nation against nation, famines and natural disasters of different type will continue to accelerate as we near the time of the coming of the Son of Man. So, let's talk about deception first of all. There is actually a real deception right now going on. It's like Lucifer covering the face of the bride of Christ. That's absolutely well, this, this picture comes from the movie Lucifer. So this guy is actually Lucifer in the movie, in the series Lucifer. So I'm using real pictures of what Hollywood is calling things. You understand? So Lucifer will cover the eye of the church. And you know, this is actually modeling exactly what, what, what is happening and in what way. There's a whole illusion about God being dead. There are books written, you know, Richard Dawkins wrote about God, the, the God illusion. And another, somebody wrote another book, How Man Created God. Like God is a fabrication of man's imagination. Do you understand? There are books, books, hundreds of books about how God, the whole idea of God is illusory, you know. And of course, today is a day when we glory. The Bible says in the last days, men shall be lovers of themselves, disobedient, proud, boastful. Do you understand? Without natural affections, betrayers, people will not be able to hang out together. Some people actually think that mocking the church is actually something really good. In fact, even though as we are talking about this rapture, many churches are not focused on it, but our idea up in Ecclesia Hills about preparing for the coming of Jesus Christ, not about mocking another church, is actually about preparing. There are two different things. You know, we Christians, we enjoy mocking other believers, but we don't enjoy preparing. Do you know the solution to the brokenness, actually your preparedness? The solution to the bad church that exists is actually whether you are going to make a good church happen. The solution to the hurt, the hurt that people receive in the church is actually for you to be able to make sure that nobody in church is hurt on account of you. So, the solution we're complaining about actually lies with us. Lies with us. Lies with us. I remember once, okay, I'm not going to tell this story because we still have a long way to go. But this, a great reception is going on. Then, earthquakes. This whole city center just broken down. 
Day before yesterday, there was an earthquake in Haiti. 250 people dead. You understand? Before Haiti, there was... Where was... I'm sure you remember. What are the list? The list is endless. There was Indonesia. There was Australia. There was Nepal. There was Japan. There, of course, I'm sure you remember the tsunamis about 10 years ago that wiped out half a million people on Christmas Eve in Bande Aceh, Indonesia. So guess what? There is actually an acceleration. Look at the, look at the graph. Between 1970, between 1970 and 1990, the 20 years, there's a lot more earthquakes between 1970 and 1990 than there has been in 100 years before then. So I don't have time to show you all the statistics, yeah? But this is actually natural activity, volcanic activity is green. You can see the acceleration of all the volcanic activity, earthquakes, extreme temperature, drought, extreme weather. These are actually natural disasters. Do you understand? This is not a Christian data. You can see where it came from is OFDA, you understand? International Disaster Database from the University of Brussels, Belgium. This is not my data. Secular data is showing that there's an acceleration of brokenness of the earth. The earth is more broken. The earth is more broken. So I'm not here to show you pictures of gory pictures of dead people and, and, and mudslides and, 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 and dead forests and the kind of things that people will show just to trigger you. But generally, this graph just explains. You can see the, the move of seismic activities, the volcanic eruptions, wildfires, landslides, mudslides across the world. The world is getting into more earthquakes and more calamity. And this was, this was before, this was before 2020, this ended at 2019. So 2020 and our favorite disease is, is not among <laughs> Some people are infatuated with this current disease, almost love the, love the compliance rules of it, you know, just infatuated with it. Like, Every person in this church who has caught the COVID-19 has come through. And that was the word God gave us. Praise God. He says, you, you, go, you, you, you touch serpents and scorpions and the power of the and nothing shall hurt you. I'm not saying that this disease is not real, but I'm not saying that neither am I saying you shouldn't protect yourself, but God will bring you through. Were you to contract corona, God will bring you through. And God told me, Moses, don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of it. There will be many people needing encouragement, needing healing. You cannot be operating in fear and then be handling and where is the power of the church. And I, I pray to God that we will get to that point when we will be able to rise above that. Let's go on. Matthew chapter 24, verse 36 to 39. But of that day and hour knows no man, not even the angels of heaven, but my father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will be, so will the son of coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, there were look at can we can we read this together? One for as in the days one two go. For as in the days before the flood, there were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. 
so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Let's read on verse, 20, verse 40. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other will left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. Watch therefore. So some people have also explained this to say, there will be two people in the field. One will be taken, another will left. People have said that this scripture does not mean physical rapture. It actually means one will be taken with revelation knowledge and the other will have no revelation. No, that's not what it means. It actually means what it means. You understand? We try to dumb down scriptures. One, there will be two people in the garden. One will go, the other will not go. There will be two people on a bed. One will be taken. The other will not go. There will be two people in a house. One, there can be ten people in the house. Three who know the Lord will be taken and the other will be left. There will be a differentiation. There is a physical rapture that's going to happen. That's what this scripture is saying. So James chapter 5 once again said it. I said there's going to be lots of scriptures, so please make note of this scripture. So when people say that there's not enough scripture, this message runs through the entire Bible from the Old Testament to the New Testament. This message of the coming of Jesus Christ runs through the entire Bible. James chapter 5 verse 7 to 8. Therefore, be, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until he receives the early and later rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. God is a farmer waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. He sends a first rain. He sends a second wave of rain. What is he doing? He's trying to get the crop ready so that he can come back and what? Harvest it. The first rain is to give the crop enablement to grow. The last rain is to wash out impurities so that the harvest will be clean. The first rain is to give the ground readiness to receive seed. The last rain is to complete it. The farmer is patiently waiting for his farm. Who is the farmer of the earth? God. Say God. You know, I told, I told, uh, I told Sandra something this morning. I said, Sandra, you know, we're not going to be plenty in church today. She said, why? Well, I said, the topic. I said, I'm going to play a trick. I'm going to make a card one day. I'm going to say, breakthrough service, your miracle service. If you're looking for something from God, and when any, everyone gather, I will now change the message. <laughs> well, I've let the cat out of the bag now. Can I tell you something? This is what the church needs to hear. This is what everyone needs to hear. That Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. The Son of God is coming. And it shouldn't be something of fear and shame and defeat. Revelation chapter 22, verse 12 to 13. Behold, I am coming quickly. Can you see all these scriptures? Behold, I am coming. It's, it's not a side thing in the Bible. It's the main topic of the Bible. Behold, I am coming quickly. I bring my reward to repay 
To re- I bring my reward with me to repay everyone according to their works. I am the Aleph and the Tav. That's the Alpha and Omega in Greek. Aleph is the first character in Hebrew, and Tav is the last character in Hebrew. I'm the first and the last, the beginning and the completion. I finish it. I begin the work. I finish. Can you see the, the first rain and the latter rain? Can you see it at work here? God has started something. He's coming to finish it. God is making this promise over and over again. I started an enterprise. I'm going to round it up. I started a journey. I'm going to complete it. I began something. It's not going to end where it ended. I still will complete it. So Jesus is coming. Shout it out. Jesus is coming. Say it like five times. Jesus is coming. 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 The Son of God is coming. He's coming in the clouds with great power and majesty. The Son of all righteousness is coming. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back soon. He's coming back soon. Hallelujah. Then if Jesus is coming, why is this not urgent? Why don't we hear the urgency of it in the streets? Why are the churches not full of programs prepared for the coming of Jesus Christ? Behold your bridegroom. Why is that not the topic of our conversation? Why is, there not, why is this not the thing that fills our minds? Why is it not what we are consumed with? If Jesus is truly coming and this will be the end of everything as we know it, then why is this not priority? I'll give you four reasons. Reason number one, everyday wait. Everyday life. Eating, sleeping, going to work. Doesn't include, doesn't permit the space for talking about the coming of someone to break that everyday routine. We're all trying to grow up and become big. We're all trying to marry and have kids. We're trying to do birthday parties. We're trying to do rites of passage. We're trying to move forward in life. We're trying to increase. We're trying to get career progression. We're looking for promotion. We're competing in the marketplace. We're looking for business, industry, entrepreneurship. We're looking for money. But sometimes it's actually not what we're looking for. It's actually the fact that physical sickness doesn't give us time. Some people are broken in their body, especially when you have a sickness in your body where you feel physical pain. Actually, you should be excited because if Jesus comes, it means that's the end of that pain. But sometimes we don't know what the other world looks like, so we're not able to anticipate what we don't know. Do you understand? Everyday concerns. The Bible says now, says lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset you and run with endurance the race marked out for you. You know, he says, he says every sin and the weight. The weight is not sin. The weight is the normal burden of everyday life. Because the Bible differentiates, says lay aside, I think that's Hebrews, Hebrews 12, right? There's one and two. Say, lay aside every sin, every weight, and the sin that does so easily beset you. Lay aside every weight. First of all, weight is the normal conduct of life. Marrying, waking up in the morning, going to work, getting promotion, the normal everyday life. The reason why many people are not anticipating rapture is because of everyday life. 
you're trying to get another qualification, you're trying to move up in life, you're trying to get somewhere else, you're trying to build something, you're trying to build a house, you're trying to build a business, you're trying to build something. Yeah, everyday weights, number two. Okay, so let's read this scripture first. I talked about weight. And take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life, and that day come upon you unexpectedly, for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the earth. That's Luke 21, 31, 34 to 35. And Ecclesiastes says, For man also does not know the time of his death, like fish caught in a treacherous nest, the birds caught in the snare. So the sons of man are ensnared in an evil time when a dark cloud suddenly falls on them. No one knows. So for some of us, it's not even rapture. It's the day when we pass away. Like the day before, yesterday, some people were just around Rukuba. And then after the Muslim prayer around Rukuba in Jaws, after the Muslim prayer, they just rose up and killed 23 people. So they were just in the wrong place in the wrong time. 23 people yesterday who were alive, no more dead. Those things don't make the news anymore in Nigeria. Another country, they will declare a national day of mourning for 23 people who died. But we lose 100, we lose 20, we lose 50. Just caught up in the wrong place. No one knows. The son of man, just wake up and rock into the wrong place. And you get ensnared. And that's the end. So you don't even have to wait for the coming of Jesus Christ. What's, what's your own exit day? We don't know. And the more we try to con control how we're going to be. I remember people ran away from. Okay, let me not go into the story. I have so much to say. <laughs> so I'm jumping over story. So number two. Secondary preaching. Many ministries have built their relevance on tertiary preaching. There are other things to preach about, like they preach on leadership, motivation, your goals, your success, how to contribute to build teamwork. This is what churches are preaching. Now, this is actually earthly mastery. So generally, most of our sermon is actually about how to pass your neighbor, how to outpace the competition, how to do better than other people, how to rise to influence in the earth, how to become more excellent and relevant and get mentions in the society, how to, and the worst is African, the number last one, fighting your enemies, witches and VPS. You know what VPS is? Village people syndrome. We're so busy battling demons, battling enemies, battling witches from the village that we don't realize that this is not the primary message. When the disciples went around preaching, they never preached this. They never preached any of this. Check the apostles checked the book of Acts. None of this was there. None of these topics was in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, they preach what is pure kerygma. Kerygma says, there was a man who the prophets prophesied was going to come. 
He came and lived among you guys. You saw his power and he demonstrated what God was like. He touched men and touched women and changed the earth. This man, his name is Jesus Christ. You've crucified him. But he rose on the third day to liberate all mankind. And yet, there is no salvation in any other name apart from the name of Jesus Christ. Everyone who believes in the name of Jesus Christ will be saved. <laughs> and he's coming back again. This Jesus you saw who left, he's coming back again. This was the charisma. Do you understand the message that people were lost? People were cut off from God. People are broken. Not because they don't have leadership. Not because they don't have money. Not because they don't have job. Not because they don't have enterprise. Not because they don't have no earthly knowledge. People are cut off from God because they rejected life. Life is a man. His name is Jesus. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. So, Leadership is great. All these things are great, but they're tertiary messages. What's the primary message? That man created in the image and the likeness of God lost it. Lost it. And God is in the business of redemption. God is interested in bringing man back. This message, the world doesn't want to hear. The world wants to hear, give us how to succeed. Give us how to be better than our neighbors. Give us how to... Every single prayer meeting... Every single on midnight prayer call. He has done miracle last year. He's going to do miracle this year. Expect your miracle. That's what I keep hearing. No one is saved. Man is lost. Man is lost. Man needs salvation. The lost of the earth need to find their way back home. Jesus is coming. The Savior is coming. The Redeemer is coming. The Restorer is coming. The one who turns back hearts is coming. We shifted our entire message to a tertiary message. It's not that we will not be blessed. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heaven. Which means we have been blessed. You carry a blessing. Just being alive and today you're already a blessed. You're already blessed. You're not going to be cursed. You cannot be cursed. How can they curse those who God has blessed? He says the smell of my son is like the smell of the field which the Lord has blessed. We are blessed. You are blessed. Say, I am blessed. But we are reaching beyond your blessing. What's the primary message? What's the primary message? Is that man is cut off from God. And we all are redeemers. The Bible says redeemers will go forth from Mount Zion to the mountain of Esau. Tertiary preaching. That's the reason why many people cannot be aware of the rapture. Because we use 80%, 90% of our time preaching the tertiary. Not even the second. Primary is gospel. Secondary is what? Community. Building ourselves together. Teaching people how to pray. Getting power, getting life, secondary, tertiary, it's leadership. It's at tears in terms of priority of God. Number one thing God wants to do, save man. Number two, organize men together in such a way that they can teach 
and preach and share. The third is teach men how to govern the earth. There was no relationship with man that was ahead of the relationship that, that Adam and God had. It was out of that relationship that God began to tell Adam, okay, nourish the earth, tend the earth, take care of the earth, replenish the earth. At first, it's Adam and God. Once that relationship was dead, what happened to leadership? What happened to Adam tending the garden? Adam, angels blocked him. Can't continue walking again. So we're toiling, trying to repair what was broken. Rather than going to repair what is really, really broken. What's broken is a relationship with God. And once that was broken, man will now toil. So we're actually trying to master toiling. Rather than master redemption. Every time you talk about redemption, some people cannot stand it in church. It annoys them. Let's talk about how to conquer the earth. Third reason. Let's jump this third reason. Theological mix-up. So the reason why many people have given up on talking about rapture is because some people have predicted that in August 1982, Jesus was coming. Jehovah Witness have put like five dates, different dates. You understand? Many churches have put, Church of Jesus Christ, the latter day saints put one date recently. One, one, I remember one in, I think it was 2010, when the press went to the church that predicted that Jesus was coming. They were waiting at the gate. And everybody had sold all their houses and moved into the, into the church community. You know, they were all waiting. By the way, this is a picture of the Baha'i Baha Temple. So I'm using real pictures. These people believe that whatever you believe, just come to our temple and worship whatever you worship. Islam, Christianity, we don't discriminate. It's called it's contemporary syncretism. That's them. So people have given many dates. The press just had a laugh on the church. Pastor, I think it's going past 12 midnight and Jesus hasn't come yet. <laughs> The press, <laughs> American media, <laughs> are very serious. Pastor, how do you feel now? All the houses that your members have sold, what do you think? They were mocking. And then, of course, we have eschatology, the Bible teachers who said, Oh, we're going to, Jesus is going to come before tribulation because his children will not suffer. Then other people say, Jesus will come after tribulation. Then uh, Equa will say their own, Assemblies of God will say their own, Deeper Life will say their own, and there's these denominations who fight each other. May our theology never dwarf our eager expectation of the most important event in history. Forget the noise, forget the theological arguments. Let's take this from scripture, but avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, arguments, and quarrels about the law, because these things are pointless and worthless. So, as we prepare for the coming of the Son of Man, you will hear different arguments. The most important thing is not the date. It's that he is coming. The most important thing is not the how or when. It's that he is coming. And you are supposed to be what? Be ready. Are you ready? Rather than trying to 
argue about how you, the, your parents taught you this way. Like, I am assemblies of God. Of course, assemblies of God doesn't believe in pre-tribulation. No, my father, I mean, like, I am totally free now of assemblies of God, right? But my father, my parents, and my upbringing and background is assemblies of God church. So I am going to generally point back to the beliefs of assemblies of God if I'm not careful. I have to operate into the spirit to get beyond the arguments of what assemblies of God will prefer. And the good thing is that as an intellectual, I love to read other people's opinion before forming my opinion in the courts of the Holy Spirit. So I incubate with the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, teach me. And the Holy Spirit begins to tell me, can you see where this is coming from? Can you see where this is coming from? And then I begin to get balance. The man of God must be rightfully furnished by studying the word of God. The woman of God must have not inclination, not denominational viewpoints, not foundational errors carried across into another generation. You must have accuracy embellished by the spirit of God. Many people just run off on their own. On this whole thing, there is a war going on. My date is correct. Your date is wrong. My idea is correct. You know, there are many people who said that seven years before the year 2000 was going to be the year. The year 2000, the year 2000 was a big, big year. Do you know how many of you know about the Y2K bug? Yeah, the government, the federal government of Nigeria put aside billions of naira to, to tackle the millennium bug. They were saying that all the computers are going to scatter and all the world was going to, it never happened, never happened. Never happened. Avoid foolishness. Avoid foolishness. Avoid dates. Once somebody starts telling you dates, then you behave. Then number four thing why people don't believe in rapture is science. Science has found a reason why the earth is going wrong. What's the reason they say? Global warming. Do you understand? So science will narrow everything to what they can see, what they can touch, what they can feel. Right? So the esoteric is king for a scientist. Senses. Science tells you that, ah, forget eternity. And of course, social scientists are actually the worst. People like Karl Marx who said that because man... It's when you can't succeed with leadership and you can't succeed on earth, you now dream of pie in the sky. Said, said religion is the sigh of the oppressed, the opium of the masses. This opium means ganja of the masses. So you want to control people. Of course, there's this story about people who came with the cross to Nigeria, to Africa, and carried slaves back. Gathered people using the name of Jesus Christ and ran away with them as slaves. Say they were giving us the Bible in one hand and carrying our gold to the other hand. Of course, there are people who did it. But I can tell you, there were missionaries who came here and died for the gospel, whose heart burned. There will always be fakes and there will always be authentics. You cannot qualify the entire enterprise with the same brush. Eternity in heaven is not an illusion. And science is telling man we can live longer. You know, stem cell engineering, men are just being inseminated with new stem cells. 
some people said that that's, that's why a certain man is being called someone from Sudan. If you know, you know. I'm not going to say more than that. Stem cell engineering is the reason. So there are ways in which man can elongate life right now. And they, what they're looking for is to make superhuman beings. From the labs, they're hoping to create superhumans who will live 200 years. And if man can live forever, if science is... There's a woman who actually defrauded the whole world doing a research saying that she wants to make everybody live forever. And she actually got a lot of millions of dollars and then it, everybody turns out it was a fraud. So people are not able to anticipate the coming of the Lord because on the grounds of science, it seems wrong. On the grounds of psychology, it seems wrong. On the grounds of theological debates, it seems wrong. On the ground of my own personal expectation, it seems wrong. So I'm taking the time to teach this. I'm just near the end right now. But Jesus is coming. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the cloud with great power and glory. Now when you see these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your head because your redemption draws near. When you see these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your head because your redemption draws near. Hallelujah. Amen. Say it again. Jesus is coming. Say it again. Jesus is coming. I can't hear you this morning. Say it again. Jesus is coming. Jesus is returning. He's returning soon. He's coming back. And if he's coming, what do we do? What do we need to do? What do we need to do? What do we need to do? Number one, set your priority. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 11 to 13. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening to the coming of the day of the Lord, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with great fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and earth in which righteousness dwells. As we begin to see the day coming, the first thing we do is to reset our priority. The whole issue is not that you shouldn't live, you shouldn't eat, you shouldn't go to work. It's actually about priority. Say that word, priority. Priority. So as the earth is on fire and the elements melt, we who are the people of God will begin to live in anticipation for a new day. Because a new day is coming. Say it again. A new day is coming. Say it again. A new day is coming. Hallelujah. Repent and turn. Acts chapter 3 verse 19 says, Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord and he will again send you Jesus your appointed Messiah for he must remain in heaven until the time for the final restoration of all things which God has promised long ago through his holy prophets every single prophet testified of this time when Jesus is going to come but can I ask you a question are you ready to meet your God 
No, we can talk about it in the air. But this night, as I slept, the Holy Spirit actually in that dream, same dream, asked me, are you ready to meet me? Are you ready to meet me? Are you ready to be with me? If you die today, do you know where you're going? Is your life in order? Are you ready? Repent and turn. Repent and turn. Change the way you think that your sins may be blotted out. Turn around again. And this is what you share. Not just for you. This is not just for you. This is for your world. Everyone you talk to. Repent. Draw them to a place where they change the way they think. People are lovers of themselves. People are lovers of money. People are lovers of everything. Change. Change what your life is about. Hallelujah. Repent and turn. Number three, do not forget. Do not forget that in the last days, scoffers will come, walking according to their own lust. And they will be saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of his creation. This they willfully forget that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water in the water by which the world then that existed perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth which are now preserved by the same word are reserved for fire on the day of judgment. The Bible says, keep it in mind that God has done this before. It says the earth. Look at how he describes the earth. Yeah? The earth standing out of water and in the water. Do you know that 25% of the earth is land? And 75% of this earth is what? Water. Which one is more? Yeah. So when the flood of Noah came, the Bible says it was raining, but that the bowels of the great deep opened up. It's like the oceans just opened up. And the Noah movie, they got it. The fountain heads of the earth just boom from down. More water came from down than rain from up. All God needs to do is just press one button. He will create a just press one button. The whole earth arrangement will just fall apart. Do you know how delicately we live in this earth? How much oxygen covers us? And how outside the earth's hemisphere, you can't even breathe. Come out of a plane at 20,000 feet and see what will happen to you. You won't even be able to breathe. You'll be asphyxiated in the same time. So when anything happens, that like there's a leak, the oxygen mask will drop. That's why they announced that thing. Because you're going 20,000 feet, there's no air there. There's no oxygen there. So they carry oxygen in every single plane. Just in case a window breaks or something happens and they lose that ability to keep the oxygen flow inside, they give you a mask. So the oxygen will flow from the tank inside where they store it directly into your nose. Do you know that? That this air that we are breathing, we none of us even know how it come about. Oh my God. Like, for real, like a little movement out of this earth. Pew. God has done it before. And the last time he did it, he has so many ways to do it. So many ways. Just do it. And the word, the word says, the last time he's going to, next time is going to be with fire. The elements of the earth will melt. This earth will be destroyed. Let me remind you guys, do not forget that God has a reputation. That he has done this thing before. He can, he can do it again. He will do it again. He will do it to judge wickedness. 
the wickedness of men, men who kill other men, men who hurt other people. God will end this race to, to bring about justice. Otherwise, he will not be just. The Bible says that God remembered the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah were not as sinful as we are, to be honest. Sodom and Gomorrah, all our sins look like their sins, but honestly, we are worse than them. If God doesn't destroy this generation, you have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. We're too wicked. We're too wicked. We're too mean. We're too self-willed. We're too, we're too greedy. So God has to bring an end to this. And many of us are looking for how we're going to steady the earth. The earth is already, it's like a plane that is going to crash for sure. The Bible tells us, stay in God. Run into God. Run into God, guys. This earth is going to crash. It's not going to get better. So run into God. Run into God. That's why God says, even the marriage that you're building, build godly marriages. Build marriages that will encourage you and prepare you for the day that is coming. Build relationships that are, anything that will stop you from the rapture, reject it. Any deal that will take you away from this consecration, reject it. Like right now, me, I'm ready. I'm not going to say because of my children. I want to live on this broken earth for long. In fact, I don't want to get old and have other people carry me to use toilet. No. The day I stop preaching, I want to salute and bow out. 70 is good for me. Salute. Adios. I'm ready to meet God. What am I waiting for? What am I waiting for? What are you living to 100 for? What are you living to those age for? Do your assignment. Finish. Strong. Bow out and go into eternity. There's so many mentalities that we've been taught that are actually just our own personal desires to, to be bigger than other people and to be relevant for a long time. Why do you want to live until all your bones are creaky and you become a problem to the world? Honestly, do it now. Do your assignment now. Finish your assignment now. Jump into what God sent you here to do now. Do not forget. Remember that God has done this thing before. He can do it again. God has a reputation. He has the tools. He has the capacity to end this whole existence in a snap. Do it now. Tell someone, do it now. Do your assignment now. Do your calling now. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. We don't have forever. 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 Hashande Maru Kasaya. We don't have forever. We don't have forever. Finally, win souls. In Proverbs 11.30, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he who wins souls is wise. If Jesus is coming and everybody who don't know him is going to hell, will you tell someone? If, for example, you know that everybody who is coming to your office, every staff you have will go to hell. You know those ones who are not born again. Will you tell them? If you know your colleagues in the office will not make heaven, will you keep your mouth shut and be saying, when God permits, I will preach. You have friends who don't know God. Will you just say, well, you're not really open to me, you know. The Bible says, knowing the terror of God, we persuade men. 
Knowing that people are going to go to hell will persuade men. Knowing that Jesus is coming soon will persuade men. Will persuade women. Will persuade the broken of the earth. Will persuade people. Hashande kama Mayaba. Oh, I, I feel like someone is not allowing this message to break into their spirit. The Son of Man is coming soon. Jesus is coming again. The King of Kings is coming again. Shift your priority from earthly things. Set your eyes on eternity. For very soon will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. And those of us who know the Lord will be taken up in the air. And those who do not know him will be conscribed to eternal judgment. God will do this. God will do this. Are you ready? Are you ready? The first question is am I ready? And then the next question is who will go with me? The Bible says he who wins souls will shine like the stars. Are you ready to meet your God today? Are you ready to meet your God? Are you ready to meet your God? Are you ready to meet the Lord? There are people sitting and waiting for you. Win souls. There are people sitting and waiting for you. There are people sitting and waiting for you. But you cannot give what you don't have. If you're here this morning, let all heads be bowed. Let all heads be bowed. All heads be bowed. You're here this morning. You know you're not right with God. You know you're not right with God. You know you're not right with God. When you hear about the coming of Jesus Christ, it seems like a wicked thing for you. It's a day of joy. It's a day of rejoicing. It's a day when people will be restored to what God had planned over them. It's a day of rejoicing. You don't know the Lord. You lost your relationship with God. You're backsliding. Lift up your hands this morning. Lift up your hands. If you die now, you don't know where you're going. Lift up your hands. If you die now, you don't know for sure you'll make heaven. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. I see that hand. Thank you so much. God bless you. Let's pray this prayer together. Say, Lord, every one of us, say, Lord, I can't hear you. Every one of us shouted, I say, Lord, Lord, I'm coming back to you. I'm tired of doing this by myself. I have no more strength to lead my life by myself. Say, Lord, I believe in you. Say it again, Lord, I believe in you. I believe you died to take away my sin. Say, Lord, I am giving you back my life. Say, I'm giving my life to you. I'm giving my life to you. I'm giving my life to you. I'm giving my heart to you, oh God. I want to be ready. I want to be ready. I want to be ready, Lord God. I want to be ready. Lord, I give my heart to you. Wash me. Make me new. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Kashtamali Krastukuma Shayala Brakutei Masaka Bushrem. Jesus is returning like a thief in the night. Repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Change the way you think. Turn back to righteousness. Turn back to God. Beware of covetousness. For a man's life does not consist on the abundance of things that he possesses. Beware of covetousness. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Guys, get ready. It may not even be the rapture for you. You may pass away. Life is not guaranteed. Life on earth is not guaranteed. We've seen young people die and we're so angry at God. Why did God take them? That's what the Bible says. We can die anytime. The Bible says we can die anytime. I didn't want this to be a message that you didn't hear. I took my time to lay up scripture after scripture for you to see. Get ready, guys. Jesus is coming. Jesus is returning soon. Like a thief in the night will come. Are you ready? There is a place that I love to dwell is the presence of my father on the host of heaven gathered just to worship him bowing down before him i know a place Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org. 